Welcome to Whitechapel Church Online. You're currently listening to preaching from our Sunday services. We believe that when the preaching happens, that collectively we're hearing the Word of God, and that God's Word has the power to change who we are. We also believe that God can meet you right where you're at, and that He has a Word specifically for you. We hope that you enjoy today's sermon, and we would love to have you at an in-person service. Head over to whitechapelchurch.com to get more info. Enjoy the sermon, and be blessed. Well, part of um, getting rest and going on vacation is not preparing sermons. So if you're wondering why Pastor Michael is here and he's not speaking, well, he would have had to work this week to prepare a sermon. And so he said he was very excited that I was preaching this morning. I told him I was always excited when someone else was preaching. So, <laughs> no, it is, it is a joy. It is a pleasure. It is an honor. Um, last week, um, Pastor Jordan, I thought, just brought an amazing word to us. I hope that you heard that where our help comes from as we look unto the mountains. Well, not the mountains, but the one who created the very mountains. So I hope that, that the word that he gave us last week was helpful for you. And uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Pastor Michael shared a, a word continuing to talk about the grace and talking about how we, the, being a refuge of grace, and how we need the Holy Spirit dwelling within us. We need the Spirit of God living in us. And when that happens, he said um, a few things, but he's going to actually be preaching a sermon series on it. If that's still happening, I guess it probably is. And they, he gave six sermons, and, and uh, one that makes us more like Christ and helps us do God's will, uh, helps us... Um, with our spiritual gifts, gives you hope, and a couple more things, guides us in our prayer, guides us in uh, the Word of God. And I began thinking a, a lot about that after he gave that sermon. And um, I had already chosen a, a topic for today and was preparing that when I began to feel this shift that I think that this sermon series could be set up with understanding what prevents us from living fully in the Spirit of God? What, what, what would prevent us that would, would take away that which the Holy Spirit wants to do within us? In other words, what would quench the Holy Spirit? So first of all, just for a foundational piece, um, when Jesus died on the cross, was resurrected, and he, he spent um, time on this earth, and then he ascended into the heavens. And upon his ascension, he said, I must go so that one greater than I can come. He says, but go to Jerusalem and wait. And then the one that I will be sending, wait for it to, him to come, which was the Holy Spirit. So we have been given the presence of God. That's really, the Holy Spirit really is, if you just want to put it in terms that we understand better, it's the presence of God in our life. What would prevent the presence of God in our life? And it became very clear to me that oftentimes we are not able to walk in the Spirit of God because we have succumbed to temptation. If there's anything that would quench the Spirit, it would be temptation. So if you were to follow along this train of thought, before we could ever begin to understand and really um, fulfill and get the fullness of what the Spirit of God has for us, we have to walk in a way that would not hinder the Holy Spirit in our life. We see in the scripture here in Ephesians, it says in verses 30 and 31 of chapter 4, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit with whom you were sealed 
for the day of redemption. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. Do not push the Holy Spirit away. Get rid of, and it begins to list all of these things that would prevent the Holy Spirit from having fullness in our life. So you have bitterness, rage, anger, brawling, slander, along with every form of malice. And so we see in this scripture the illustration of how sin or what we wouldn't even necessarily deem as sin, right? Bitterness, wouldn't necessarily think that bitterness is sin, but bitterness could quench the Holy Spirit in our life. So I want this morning, for the sake of illustration, um, I'm going to ask for a couple of volunteers. Um, I got a basket on each side. Now, if you're a volunteer, you get to take three of what's in there, okay? And you're going to be happy. Okay, Misty. Well, did you raise your hand, honey? Oh, you didn't think so. <laughs> Thank you, Brooke. Coming through for your dad. I appreciate that. So inside the basket, um, you're going to see a little Hershey's kiss. You guys can go ahead and pass those out. It won't be rude. Go ahead. Yeah, just, so everybody gets one. All right? So if you're still concerned about COVID, you can sit this one out. Just say no thank you. But inside, they're individually wrapped. So that's one of the reasons I chose Hershey's Kisses, because they're individually wrapped. But I want you for me, uh, once you get this, I want you to hold it. And here's the rule. You can't eat it. Yet. Okay? You can't eat it. I want you to hang on to it. But if we go all the way back into Genesis, when sin first entered the world, we know what happened, right? The enemy came and tempted Eve. What did, what did he tempt Eve with? A chocolate kiss, of course. No. No, it actually, and it wasn't an apple either. It actually, uh, the scripture says it was a fruit. We've somehow just determined that it was an apple. So for illustration purposes today, this is not as tempting because this is an apple, okay? So as you're holding on to this today, we can put ourselves in the place of that very first temptation of Eve when the enemy came to her, Satan came to her and began to tempt her, telling her all the lies and all the things to get her to succumb to the temptation. And that's what I want to speak on today. I want to speak on temptation. And there's two things I want to cover, and there's going to be a lot of different texts in this, but the two things I want to cover is, first of all, understanding temptation. When we understand temptation, it leads to the second thing I want to share is how to overcome temptation. So we're going to look at how we can understand temptation, and then we can overcome temptation. Does that work? All right, so if you would for me, once everybody has their temptation, I want you to get your temptation, and I want you to smell it. Mm, yeah. Now, do we have any chocolate haters out there? I know there are probably some. Okay, so we should have got a couple apples and brought them. So for some of you, this won't be near as enticing or near as tempting as it would be for others. But when you smell that, it's pretty tempting, isn't it? The first thing I want to tell you is, in the, in the garden, the fruit that Eve was tempted to eat in and of itself, was not sin. So you need to understand that, so when you leave here, I don't want Hershey's to file a lawsuit against me. This is not sinful to eat. Now, if you eat that whole basket of them, you will probably be regretting, because now I think you have sinned in gluttony, and then you are 
pay for that later, won't you? You're just, you know, you're going to be, boom, not feel so good. So the first thing we need to understand about temptation is this. Temptation in and of itself is not sin. It is not a sin. The fruit was not a sin. The fruit was the fruit of knowledge. It was good. But God had stated to Eve and to Adam, do not eat of this fruit. So the sin was disobeying God, not the eating of the fruit. The fruit itself was not bad. And so I think one of the things that, that Adam fell into with this was once Eve had eaten it, he wanted a bite of it, right? Does that make you want to taste it? Well, that's pretty good. I haven't had chocolate in a while. Well, that's not true. <laughs> I have chocolate every day. I have learned, because I have a little bit of arthritis, for those of you suffering with arthritis, this is, this is a little commercial, okay? This isn't part of the sermon. Two of the items on the top ten list of eating that's good for arthritis are almonds and dark chocolate. And at BJ's, they sell them by the bucket, almonds covered in dark chocolate. So I have at least 14 of those a day. <laughs> and so I, I have eaten that. But so... When you taste of this, I think that for, for Adam, the temptation was seeing Eve partaking. And, and so the temptation in and of itself, it is not a sin. But disobeying a direct order, a, a recommendation, no, a, a, a word from the Lord saying you can have anything, anything, except that little Hershey's kiss this morning. That in and of itself makes you want it, right? That's just human nature. But when we think about sin or temptation, temptation in and of itself is, is not sin. So we need to understand this morning that, that because we're tempted, that's not a sinful moment. And so I want us to read this scripture because this scripture is really going to help us when it comes to understanding um, more about temptation. James 1, chapter, uh, chapter 1, verses 13 through 15. And it says, and remember, when you are being tempted, so when we stop right there, the next thing that we understand about this is that when we are tempted, it's common to everyone, right? It didn't say if you are tempted. When you are tempted. And so, so temptation is something that's common to all of us. It says, do not say God is tempted me. God is never tempted to do wrong. I mean, think about that. God, isn't, God doesn't deal with temptation to do wrong. God is good. God is love. And so therefore, he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desire, which entices us and drags us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. And so we see this progression of how temptation can actually go from just a temptation, which in and of itself is not a sin, to death. And so when we understand and when we think about the, the whole understanding of, of what temptation is. We need to understand that we are all tempted, and we will continue to be tempted. And in our temptation, we all face temptation. It's something that's common to all of us. And temptation is not something that is just a season of your life. You will be tempted from birth to death. Temptation will always be there. 
And so we understand in temptation that temptation itself is not a sin and that everyone faces it. The next thing we see in that is it is not from God, which I talked about that already. And then we see that it's an individual matter. So here's the thing about sin. There are some in the room, God help them, who don't like chocolate, don't understand you, but there's something that you like. So Angie, what is it that tempts you? Yes. White chocolate. Oh, they had those too. I should have got, should have got one of each and you could have chose your temptation this morning, right? You see... Temptation really is an individual matter. And so what may be tempting to you may or may not be tempting to another person. However, what we do know about temptation is temptation is common for all of us. So in other words, there's nothing that you would be tempted with that is just unique just for you alone. There are other people who are tempted with white chocolate, not just dark chocolate. But temptation, it's an individual matter. I remember I was, I was um, when we were pastoring in North Carolina, I was counseling with an individual there. And his opening line when he came into the office to talk to me, he says, I'm sure that you know, just as I do, all the adult bookstores from our town to the next town. And I said, are there any? I mean, it was, yes, you don't know where they are? He says, I can't drive by them without being tempted. And so this individual was dealing with some things in his life that I wasn't dealing with. Yet, it's sometimes in our mindset, we think that what we're going through is what everyone is going through. I want you to understand that the enemy is crafty. He's crafty. He is going to entice you with that which he knows is tempting to you, not with stuff that isn't. And so just because we are not tempted by one thing that someone else is doesn't mean we're better than they are. It just means that we have a temptation in our life that perhaps they don't have. It's an individual matter. And so it's not unique, however, it is very much for the individual. And then we also see in that scripture in James that it leads to death. And so when we, when we see temptation turn into sin, if we succumb to temptation and allow sin to reign in our life, what we understand is we will never in the next six weeks and hearing the, the messages that pastor is, is preparing for us, we will, we will never be able to walk full, fully in the presence of who God is in our life if we allow temptation to turn into sin. And I, wanna, I want to really emphasize this morning that the sin of omission is called the sin of omission. I think there are times when we don't do things that we're supposed to do that in the eyes of God will be viewed as wrong. Now, you may, we, can, we can term it any way we want. But the temptation may be to stay home and watch TV all day instead of going and doing something that the Lord was leading you to do. Or maybe he puts somebody on your mind and we don't give it the weight that we should. I was uh, speaking with a pastor in March. We had had an Ignite gathering, and I don't think that he would mind me sharing his name. You'll know, some of you might know him, Pastor Danny Pittner, who was um, on staff here in the 90s. Wonderful man, and he's um, uh, in a group that I'm a part of. And, and in this group, last year, he, he announced to the group, be praying for him, because he was he was considering that it was time for him to retire. So he goes through this whole process. He comes to the place where he says, I'm retiring. And he gave his age and he gave all the reasons for the fact that he was going to retire, which we're all 
good sound judgment and all sounded good until he goes to this conference that we had in Orlando in March. And it was Saturday morning and, and I don't, you know, I was in this group with him, but I didn't even have his contacts. And I, I, don't, I don't do Facebook and message stuff that good, but I'm, I'm on my iPad here and, and I see this message come up from Danny. And he says, I'm stranded in Orlando. Can you send me your number? I want to talk to you. So I thought, yeah. So I, I, I sent him my number, and he called me right away. And he says, I'm stranded in Orlando so that the Lord could get me still enough to hear from him. I thought, well, that's interesting. There's a lot of places you want to be stranded, but the Orlando airport is probably not the one. And so he had actually spent two days trying to get out of town. You've heard all the craziness around the airlines right now. And he says, I, I, I heard distinctly the Spirit of God say to me, I am not to retire. So, oh, okay. Talk more about that. And he began to talk more about that. And you know, as he talked more about that, you know what he was just about to do was dismiss the leading and the power of the Holy Spirit in his life. Not because he was a bad person. He didn't even know he was being tempted. You know where he was, he was coming from? He was coming out of the frustration of COVID and, and being a pastor during that time. It was a hard season to lead. He was coming out of the guilt and the shame that he was feeling that church looked differently. As you know, church hasn't come back as strongly as far as people coming back to church as it did pre-COVID. He was dealing with all that stuff, and, and he came to this. He summarized it in this way, I must not be good enough or I'm too old to do this anymore. I don't think that his thinking was any different than ours would be or have been. Uh, there's nothing wrong with retirement. Retirement isn't a sin. But in this moment, he says, I'm not supposed to retire. And the very next day, he got up and rescinded. He had announced his retirement. He, he, he said, if you will have me, I would like to unretire. To which they stood and gave him a standing ovation. So he unretired in that moment, never got to retire. But, you know, I, I, I was talking with them later. I said, you know, that is so amazing. If you think about that, the trajectory of your life and the life of this ministry were changed when you were able to clearly see that the temptation, which wasn't necessarily to sin, but the temptation was to step out of the direction that God had for him because of all of the things that were surrounding him, all of the little Hershey kisses around. He said, I, I, I'm going to retire because I'm, I'm going to be 67. Okay, that's full retirement age, well, at least for some of us. He says, I, I'm going to retire because we're going to move and be closer to our grandkids. Hey, that's a, that's, a great, that's a great opportunity. All of the things that he gave were ones that any of us would cheer and say amen to, except God was saying it's not yet time for you to retire. So are you understanding what I'm saying here? How do we quench the Holy Spirit? We, we, we quench the Holy Spirit by allowing all of these outside things to begin speaking into us so that we're not actually able to hear the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so once we can succumb to that, and, and I'm not using this illustration for, for Pastor Pittner to say that that led to death, but it certainly would have altered the course of his life probably would have entered retirement very frustrated that the last season of his, of his ministry uh, were not what he had hoped it would be. But that won't be the case. And then the, and the next thing that we'll see here is that God always provides a way out. Did you know that? So this is when you can hand your temptation to someone else. Any takers? You want to give anybody? You know, Angie already gave hers away. 
You know, we can give away, we can give, you know, we can, we can recognize that we don't have to allow the temptation to stay there. The scripture that I want us to see here is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. It says this, in faithful, God is faithful. He will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. You see, that's, that's the beauty of the illustration, which is more real than what we think when we see the little devil pop up on one of, one of our shoulders. Do it, you know. It's going to be great. And then the little angel pops up on the other. Don't do it. It won't be great. You see, we, we need to understand that that actually is what is going on in us. The enemy is tempting us, and the Holy Spirit is saying, here's your way out. So when we understand temptation this morning, the things that we need to make sure that we understand are these things that we've talked about. It is not sin. Everyone uh, faces it. It is not from God. It's an individual matter. It can lead to death, but God always provides a way out. So that's how we understand temptation. So now, let's move to overcoming temptation. Give, your, give yourself completely to God. Give yourself completely to God. That's a, that's a daily and sometimes an hourly decision, right? To fully give ourselves over to God and, and what he would have for us and what he is saving, saying to us. To give ourselves to him. Romans 6.13 says, Do not let any part of your body become an instrument of evil to serve sin. To serve sin. Instead, give yourself completely to God, for you were dead, but now you have new life. So you use your whole body as an instrument to do what is right for the glory of God. We have to give ourselves to God. And so it, it starts with the decision that I'm going to live for God, and you will not reach perfection in that decision. In fact, it takes a lot of time for us. And, and when, we, when we grow closer to God, we begin to realize that there's other things in our life that we want to address. Things that would prevent us from fully living in the Holy Spirit. But the enemy will always send temptation your way. You may not have a sin in your life today that you would say you would recognize. But the enemy will continue to tempt you. Why? To lure you away from that which the Holy Spirit has for you. To try to get you to make a decision to do something, whether it's retirement or, or whether it's to change jobs or, or if it's to, to um, move or whatever it would be. Those aren't bad things in, themsel in themselves, but what is the Spirit of God telling us to? Being led by the Spirit of God in every decision that we make is giving ourselves completely to God and, and knowing that it is in Him that we find the fullness of life. And so as Pastor Michael begins to share in the weeks to come of how we can allow the Holy Spirit to really lead our lives, we have to make sure that we're pushing out temptation, that we're not allowing temptation to take root in our heart. The second thing that we have to do to overcome temptation, to overcome temptation is to flee. It's just to get completely away from temptation. And that, again, is, you know, you can, you can hand your little kiss to someone else. I don't want you to because I want to tempt you with it longer. Would it be wrong at the end of service for all of us to indulge in temptation and fall to it and eat our chocolate kiss? We might do that. Who knows? But to flee, to flee temptation. Here's what you could do is you could even unwrap that 
temptation, right? You could unwrap it. You could look at it. You can smell it. You haven't given into it, right? Hmm. Have you ever heard that when you're on a diet, you shouldn't go to the bakery? Right? For good reason. Why tempt yourself? It's hard to come to church with the good donuts that are out there if you're on a diet. I know. It's, they're not sinful. You enjoy them. It's okay. It's, but, but if you're on a diet, you just got to steer clear from the, the little cafeteria thing there because there's temptations there. You have to flee. I find it interesting in the story of Joseph. You know, the story of Joseph was sold into slavery, became a slave in the house of Potiphar. And he rose all the way to the position of of, uh, overseeing the household. And Potiphar trusted Joseph with his whole household. And in Genesis 39, you can read the story where Potiphar's wife, and the scripture says that Joseph was a strong and handsome man, and she began making advances towards him. And finally, one day, she she continually made advances, and, and the scripture says that he tried to steer clear of her, stay away from her, because he didn't want that temptation in front of him. But he had to go to work. And on this particular day, there was no one else in the house. And she threw herself upon him. And the scripture says that Joseph fled. He got out of there. He ran out of that place. Because he did not want to be in a position to where the temptation would overcome him. He said to her, my master has trusted me with these things. It would be a sin against God and a sin against him for me to be with you. He had to flee the temptation. Otherwise, he probably would have succumbed to it. And likewise, we have to to be able to flee those temptations, those moments that are going to come. Unfortunately for Joseph, and see, here's the thing, the way the enemy works. She falsely accused him, and Potiphar had him thrown in jail. So we're not always rewarded in the ways that we would want to be, but you know what? Joseph's heart and mind were clear, and he was still living in the presence of God with the anointing of God on his life that even when he was thrown into jail, he rose the ranks there and became the one the head jailer trusted and gave him reign over all the others. You see, the presence of God in our life, regardless of our circumstances, And so the temptations continue to come at Joseph just as they do us. But we have to flee the temptation in a way that he did where we have to just really leave the building. How about this one? If we think about temptation, the final pain isn't worth the passing pleasure. A minute on the lips, forever on the hips, right? (laughs) There's so many illustrations with food when it comes to temptation. Food is not a sin. We need food to eat. However, there are some foods that are good and some foods that aren't. Look what the scripture says here in Hebrews. Hebrews, all right, it's Isaiah. Boy, I'm, I got one contact in this morning, which is all I have, but I'm not seeing well, so just, just deal with me here. Hebrews uh, chapter 13 if you could find that one for me, here we go. So Hebrews chapter, chapter 11, 
By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasure of sin for a short time. What an amazing scripture. Have you ever thought about that for Moses? Moses chose. He could be son of Pharaoh, live in the palace, have all of the royalties that came with that, or he could choose to live with his people. He chose that which was right for him, even though it wasn't the pleasure moment, because the final pain of what God was saying you needed to do would have been so much greater than that pleasure of life he would have had and what might have happened to the Israelites had Moses not followed that which God had for him. God would have raised someone else up, I'm sure, but Moses would have missed out on it. What would happen and does happen in the lives of people when we dismiss the calling, the anointing, the direction that God has on our life because we're chasing the things that we want? This can be selfishness. This can be focusing more on on our, our pleasures than serving others. It takes sacrifice, but really it's, it's not what's wrong or right. It's what is the Holy Spirit? What is the Lord leading you to do in your life? Because he calls us all to be of service to him, not just to live to ourselves and, and to enjoy our world and our life, but to walk in the things that he has for us. In Isaiah, the scripture says that it is the evil, it is your evil that separated you from God. Your sin causes him to turn away from you, so you cannot hear him. And so when we allow temptation to take root in our life that turns to sin, it blocks our ability to hear the Holy Spirit. I find it interesting that when Adam and Eve sinned, remember God threw them out of the the garden and placed an angel at the gate so they could not enter the garden. You see, that garden represented the most beautiful place, the place where God dwelled. Because of the sin in their life, they couldn't be in that place. And that's what sin in our life can do. That's what unresolved temptation in our life can do. If we continue to allow temptation to to take root in our hearts and in our life, it will keep us from experiencing fully what God has for us. And the last thing is this. We overcome temptation by walking in the word. Walking in the word. In Psalm 119, the scripture tells us this. How can a young man keep his way pure? By living according to your word. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. How do we walk in the word? Well, we have to read it. We have to know it. I don't think we spend or give it as much attention as we might should. That the word of God in our heart is what guides us and is what directs us. Is what, that's what steers our life is understanding the word of God. If it was good for Jesus, then I would think it would be good for us. In Matthew chapter 4, we see the temptation of Jesus. So remember, temptation is common for all. So Jesus went to the desert for 40 days, fasting. And at the end of those 40 days, Satan came and began tempting him. You see, one of the things that when the enemy wants to tempt us is when we're at our weakest moments. It didn't start at the beginning of the 40 days. 
It was at the end of the 40 days. And the first thing that the enemy presents to Jesus is, turn these stones into bread so that you can eat. Well, we know, the scripture has shown us that Jesus could do a lot of things. He could have certainly turned those stones into bread. But what did he say to Satan? He used scripture. Man does not live by bread alone, but every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay? Victory for Jesus. So Satan doesn't give up with that. Satan is relentless. Satan comes back, and Satan comes to him now and says, he takes him to the Jerusalem temple, and he takes him up on the top of the temple, and he says to him, throw yourself off the temple, because the scripture says that the angels will protect you. You know, in that moment, I just like, okay, we'll show you, buddy, right? We'll show you. You don't believe I'm Jesus? You don't believe this can happen? Would you just sit right here and watch? No, because Jesus remembered the scripture. He says, oh, no. No, the word of God says, don't put the Lord your God to the test. You see how the word of God guides the decisions? Satan didn't give up. Satan then takes him to a high place on a mountain and says, look over all the kingdoms here. If you will just bow down and worship me, I will give you all of these things. Pretty tempting. We got a whole basket of Hershey's kisses up there. We could say, hey, if you, know, if you just eat that one kiss, we'll give you all the kisses you want. To which Jesus says, hmm, no. The word says, worship the Lord your God only. You see, we have to know the word of God so it can guide us when we're being tempted. So that we know the right ways to come back. And guess what the scripture says next? Satan left him. Because Jesus just kept throwing the word of God at him. Your word, little Holy Spirit popping up on this side, God's word. And eventually the enemy is just going to say, okay, I'm not going to win this one. They know the word of God, it's in their heart, and they're applying it. And that shuts the door on temptation. Knowing the word of God, reading the word of God. If you were to Google this morning, that's, some of you may not Google this, it's an app, and you can go to it and ask it a question, and it'll give you answers. So if you were to Google nutritional and health you would get things like eat more fruits and vegetables and you'll be healthier. More whole foods, less processed foods. Eat these things and they will produce in your life this result of health. And oh yeah, you need to exercise too. Oh, that's always the hard one, right? But there's guidelines, there's there's guidance and direction. If we, if we want to experience health and we do these things, guess what? We'll be healthier. That's what it is in the spiritual word, world. When we allow the word of God to come into our hearts, know the word of God and not just know it, but apply it and walk in it, then our lives will be different and the enemy would have to flee. I want to end with this. We talked about it at the very beginning. God's promise. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13. God is faithful. He will not allow you 
to be tempted more than what you can stand. And he will always, not sometimes, always provide a way out. You see, that's God's promise to us. That we can walk in the fullness of his spirit, but we have to deal with the temptation that will come our way so that we do not fall prey to it, so that we can hear the voice of God instead of the voice of the enemy, sometimes disguised in our voice to chase the things that we want. They're not bad, but are they what God wants for us? God's promise to us. So here's the thing. Look to your neighbor. They still have their Hershey's kiss. How many of you, the scripture says confess your sins to one. How many of you have eaten your Hershey's kiss? Wow. You didn't hear? Well, there, there's your, continue to tempt you this morning with that. Temptation is when we chase the desires of our heart or allow the desires of our hearts to take us away from God's desires for us, which can steer us away from those things that he has for us. John 10, 10, Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in fullness. To really enjoy the fullness of what God has for you is to walk fully in his guidance and his direction. Thanks for joining us at Whitechapel Church Online. We pray that today's sermon blessed you and that you'll continue to join us as we lean into God's word together. Until next time, have a great week and be blessed.